Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Chad, it's nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Elisha, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity to hopefully encourage you and your audience. Yeah, thank you. That's so good. Okay, you know, oftentimes I love to talk about the essence of this show, which is to invite amazing guests, amazing guests like Chad, to come talk to us about their triumphant stories. Because we believe that in our audience, there might be someone who is tucked up in a situation that you came out of triumphantly. So by that person or people listening to you speak, they might actually pick an information that will lead to their transformation. So that's basically the essence of the show. So within the next few minutes, Chad, let us get started with your story, the challenges that you faced, and how you overcame them. And afterwards, I've got some questions for you. Any kind of challenges, whatever it is, as long as you came out of it triumphantly, talk to us about it. Then afterwards, I've got some Beautiful questions for you. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Well, just a little background on me. So I, right now, uh, I've got a wealth management company here in Anchorage, Alaska. And we help people make sure they don't run out of money or purpose in retirement. Um, but it was very difficult getting started. Um, I started in 2007. That's when I, I got licensed. I started my practice basically out of my garage. And 2008, 2009 was the world financial meltdown. It was one of the worst recessions in the United States history, um, but it was a global recession. And it was difficult for anybody and everybody, but especially in the financial industry, even more so for somebody just getting started. Um, and I, before starting this practice, I actually was a biochemistry student. So years before, and that's going to play into this story here in just a moment. So I had a background in biochemistry. I was doing finance. And of course, everybody has the issues of imposter syndrome. They just wonder, you know, am I really qualified? Am I really capable? Can I really do this? And a lot of that self-doubt was creeping in. And it wasn't just self-doubt. Um, there was other people that were doubting me, telling me that, you know, I, I should have gone the medicine route. I should not be in finances. Um, and of course, I had the, the financial pressure of trying to make money in a very difficult environment. And what it, what it really boiled back down to is a willingness to learn from failure and mistakes. And in this business, when I started out, essentially, what it felt like jumping out of the bushes at people and asking them to entrust their life savings to me. And I, I didn't have... I didn't have a lot of references. I didn't have a lot of experience. And a lot of those conversations did not go well. And each time it felt like so much rejection. But what I had to do is look at that like an experiment, like I would have as a biochemistry student, where I, I can't control the outcome, 
what I can do is commit to the process and try to learn as much as I can from each one of those interactions. And being able to see, see this as an opportunity to help somebody else, not worrying about what the outcome was for me personally, but an opportunity to put myself forward into somebody else's life to give them wisdom and, and guidance and encouragement. And it changed my perspective on that. And I, I'd love to say that things turned around. My business became successful overnight. It didn't. It took years and years and years. But it was that mindset shift that really helped keep me going because I was, I was no longer looking at failure as failure. I was looking at failure as feedback and an opportunity to learn and grow just like I would have as a student. And I had to go back to that mindset of being, being dedicated to the process and executing the process with as much intensity and preparation as possible, but also being open to the result. The result may not be what I wanted and what I intended, but I was going to use that to make me a better person and to offer myself in a better way the next time I approach somebody else. And it's been an amazing experience, Elisha. I, it's been so uh, such a huge blessing to to be in this position and things did eventually turn around. It took a long time, much longer than I thought, but we've been able to help thousands of, of families all across the United States and be able to be on podcasts like yours, sharing that message, encouraging people to, to take control of their finances and really to take control of their life. But it really started with me doing that for myself, taking control of what I could control and not worrying about all the things that are out of my control and really influencing the the variables in my life that I could influence and, and not worrying about all the things I couldn't do, but focusing on what I absolutely can do. Amazing. You know, you're actually impacting the world, I tell you. And this is just the beginning, Chad. <laughs> you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, man. Okay, so let us dive into the questions. The very first question. Very important one. Very important. Let's say someone asks you, hey, Chad, how can I be future focused? You know, how can I create a better relationship with the future me? What would your response be? Well, the first thing is to get really clear about what you want the future you to look like. Who do you want to become? What do you want to be doing? Where do you want to be? And the idea of the future version of us is not very tangible. And we need to make it more tangible. So the more specific we are about our long-term goals and how we want our life to look and imagining, like, what do, you, what do you want your house to feel like when you walk into the door? What do you want your marriage to be like? What do you want your relationships to be like? Um, the more specific and the more vivid that we can imagine those things, the more connected we are to our future selves. But the problem is that a lot of us treat the future versions of us. We treat future us almost like it's another person, almost as if the, the future Chad is, is not me. That's it's somebody else, somebody else's problems. And what ends up happening is we make decisions today that not only are out of alignment with the person that we say we want to become, they actually harm that person. Um, we often steal from the future versions of ourselves instead of serving the future versions of ourselves, and, and I think to change that around, we have to be more clear and have a real vision for about how our life is going to go. Now, just like I said, our vision doesn't always work out the way it is. We have to be able to hold that vision loosely, 
but still pursue it passionately. Got that. Okay. Let, let, let's say someone say, um, in planning for my financial future, where do I start from? Okay, I want to start planning for my financial future. Where do I begin from? What would your response be? You start with the end. So begin with the end in mind. Just like we would create a vision for our life. Um, think about it. Think about it like, like building a house. You would start with a vision for what the house is going to look like, how big it's going to be, what it needs to do to function for your family. And then you reverse engineer it. And what we do is we, we start with looking at what is financial independence need to look like? How much income does somebody need to show up in their checking account every single month to be able to live without a paycheck? What it does is it creates an objective. It creates a target that we can build towards. And then we reverse engineer the process. We look at where does somebody want to be in the future? Where are they at right now? And we build a course in between. But it starts with getting clearer Maybe not super clear because it is a little bit of a guess, but getting clearer about where somebody wants to be in the future and how much passive income that they would need from their investments to be able to live comfortably without their job and without their paycheck. Hey, so it says, how do you cope with failure and what can hoarders do to overcome failure? Well, it well is, it's, it's not so much, over, not so much overcoming failure but embracing the lessons from it. So I believe that the only difference between feedback and failure is somebody's willingness to learn from it. If we go into a situation unwilling to learn from the process, unwilling to learn from our mistakes, that's what true failure looks like. But if we go into, especially a new situation where we don't have all the answers, we're going to experience failure, whether it's starting a business, uh, maybe launching a new product, uh, starting a new relationship, starting a podcast, we we have to be willing to face failure and it isn't that we seek it out but we're willing to embrace it and grow in the process and sometimes that means failing fast that means um if you're you know launching some, doing something new that if it's going to fail it's going to happen quickly you want it to happen quickly you don't want to drag it out you want to be able to learn from the lessons and be really open and honest with yourself with why isn't this working? Or if it doesn't work, where's the breakdown? What am I doing? Um, but it's, it's, it's taking that process and turning it into an educational opportunity rather than letting fear overwhelm somebody because fear and doubt steal way more dreams than failure ever did. That's actually deep one. Oh, I got that. <laughs> okay, so let us talk about our future self once again. How can one establish a good relationship with their future self? You got well, it? I, I think, again, I think looking at who do they want to be? What do they want to be doing? Um, what type of person they want to become? And then looking at their current actions through that lens. So here's who I said I want to be, or here's where I want to be later in life. Are my current actions in alignment with that person? So if I'm the type of person who says that I want to be wealthy, am I spending money on things I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't even like? Well, that's not in alignment. Am I, am I racking up debt? 
Um, or am I saving? Or am I sacrificing? Am I delaying gratification? Um, if I say that I'm somebody who wants to, to be in good shape, wants to be healthy, am I putting food into my body that is unhealthy and destructive, maybe even toxic? Am I, am I exercising? Am I challenging my, my body? If I'm somebody who values education, am I stretching my mind? Am I exposing myself to new opportunities? Or am I just experiencing the same things over and over and over again? So looking, looking at our current actions through the lens of our future goals is a really important step to see, are we in alignment with the type of person that we said we want to become? Okay. You know, your words have been filled with so much insight. And for that reason, this conversation has been so educative. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Okay, the very last question, Chad. Um, how does one create better habits and a healthier mindset? How can I create a better habit and a healthier mindset? Well, it, well, starts, it starts, Elisha, with being clear about the habits that are in your life. So a lot of researchers estimate that up to 40% of the decisions we make in a day are basically habit. They're, they're not conscious thought. We just, we do these things a certain way because that's how we've always done them. And it might be really small things like which shoe you put on first or where you, what side of your mouth you start brushing your teeth on. But it's also bigger things like how we spend our money, how we respond to a difficult conversation, um, how we greet an individual, how we walk into a room. And a lot of us aren't aware of that. And it's, it's important, I think, to first get awareness for the things that we do every day, uh, because that's how a good life is built on good habits. And I, I believe that the quality of somebody's life ultimately boils down to the quality of their habits. And if we're not aware of the things that we do unconsciously, it's really easy for those habits to actually be destructive or at best to be a distraction. Um, and looking at the, the little things that build up can make a huge difference when we consistently monitor and change for the better the things that we do every day. And a lot of people are looking for that, that quick fix, the one thing that the big change that they can make to, to build wealth, to, to be more educated, to get the promotion. But a lot of times it's not. It's the little things that go unnoticed in the day-to-day in the -day moments but if we consistently commit to those things, we do them relentlessly, those are the things that can build a wonderful trajectory. And on the other side of that, sometimes it's what we eliminate from our lives that can have the biggest impact. It isn't so much what we add, it's what we, what we delete from our lives that is not serving us. It's the bad habits, the things that are a burden on our pathway, on our journey, the things that... Uh, slow us down as we pursue our goals. Eliminating those things, eliminating the destructive habits can be just as impactful, oftentimes more so than adding in good habits. But it all starts with awareness. So that was so insightful. Thank you so very much, Dad. Okay, so in conclusion, what advice would you like to give to the audience? And let's say there's someone who would like to reach out to you. Um, you know, Chad's words actually pierced through my heart. And I would love to reach out to him. How can that be possible? 
Well, they can well, find us um, on LinkedIn, um, also uh, on Instagram, veritas.alaska. Uh, uh, and you can always shoot me an email at ask at veritasalaska.com. Veritas Alaska is my company's website. Um, and yeah, I would love to hear from somebody. If they've got questions or concerns, be help, uh, be happy to address that. And again, uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on here. And hopefully I was an encouragement and maybe even an inspiration to some of your listeners. Thank you. Thank you so very much. So that's going to be the end of the show. Thank you for honoring the invite chat. It means a whole lot. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was a great one, right? <laughs> I know, right? Thank you so very much for listening to that podcast. It means a whole lot to us. I must confess, it do means a whole lot to us. Okay, have a request to make. Yeah, I want to ask you for a favor. Can you drop a review and rate us on Apple Podcast? That's going to make us know how we are blessing you. And that's going to make us understand how else we can improve to continually impact knowledge to you and others. Thank you so very much for listening and God bless you. Shalom.